what are you doing to make anybody else's life besides yours better? And <clears throat> when I, uh, excuse me, uh, read that, I realized that, that I was focusing way more on success than I was on mattering. And I had to make that an intentional effort. So one of the things you can do in your community is look around where you live. You don't need to go save the world, right? I'm the chairman of the Global Entrepreneurship Network, and we work in 180 different countries, uh, helping people start businesses and gain economic freedom. And people say to me, well, Jeff, I can't do that. Well, no one told you to do that, right? It took me many, many years to get here. So stop, stop comparing yourself to what anybody else is doing. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. Welcome to another episode of Men of Abundance, the Pay It Forward community, proving to you that you can, in fact, live a life of abundance in family, faith, finances, and fitness. And you know, if you've been listening for a while, I believe it's your responsibility to live a life of abundance and to have more if you're so capable of doing so. And by going back and listening to all these conversations, over 300 conversations at this point from men and women all over the world living an amazing life of abundance and somehow paying it forward to their communities. In some cases, the world, like our feature guest today, uh, it's absolutely possible for you to do the same thing. So let's just get right into it. Our feature guest today is Jeff Hoffman. Now, I don't know if you know who Jeff is, but I'm here to tell you this man is absolutely uh, a rock star in the entrepreneurial world. Let me pull it. Jeff is a successful entrepreneur, proven CEO, world motivational speaker, best-selling author, Hollywood film producer, that's super impressive to me, a producer of a Grammy-winning jazz album, Love Jazz too, so I love that as well, and executive producer of an Emmy award-winning television show. He, in his career, he has been the founder of multiple startups. He has been the CEO of both public and private trading companies, and he has served as a senior executive in many capacities. Jeff has been part of a number one, uh, a number of well-known successful startups, including Priceline.com, Booking.com, and our conversation is going to get deeper into specifically what Jeff is doing today, which is the reason why I wanted to have Jeff on the call today and, and introduce him to you if you don't know who he is. So without further ado, the one, the only Jeff Hoffman. Thanks, Wally. Thank you so much for having me today. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure, man. I had the honor to kind of share a virtual stage with you um, a couple weeks ago at um, EXO World with uh, our friend Salim Ismail. That was a heck of an experience. I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that as well. I obviously think very highly of him. Yeah, I do too. Absolutely. Uh, where are you at in the world today? Uh, Florida today. You're in Florida. Okay. Sunny I'm in Florida. Where at? Sunny Florida, I said. <laughs> exactly. I'm in Tampa. It's sunny right now, but it'll get a little uh, weather later on today. The afternoon rains. Luckily, we missed that big storm. 
Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So, Jeff, I like to start out with an attitude of gratitude, man. What do you have to be grateful for today? Oh, so many things. Um, by the way, uh, I'll give you the immediate one. I mean, there's a very, very long list. Your, your gratitude list uh, should always be that way. But right now, um, in the last just 24 hours, using uh, you know technology, I have been able to communicate with people, especially entrepreneurs and small business all over the world. Uh, yesterday, I did a women's event where it was a few hundred women and me. I was the only male they invited to talk about women's empowerment. I did an event with young African entrepreneurs all over Africa. This morning, I did one in Europe. So at this moment in time, despite all the bad things that COVID has brought, it has also brought us a chance uh, to connect as human beings with each other in a way we just weren't doing when we were too busy. I'm grateful for that opportunity. That is absolutely correct. And I've, I've had the opportunity to be using Zoom and platforms like this for many years, actually. Uh, my whole podcast is interviews over Skype and, and other platforms, and I've been doing it for many years. And it's kind of neat to see everybody else coming on board and using it more of a platform. I actually had the opportunity to hang out with high school friends not too long ago that I haven't seen in years. Thanks to- I actually had one of those, my college buddies sent out a note and said, hey, we should Zoom. Uh, so that was actually kind of fun to catch up with everybody. It is fun. And I like hanging out every once in a while. Steve Sims has a, um, a happy hour that he does every Friday or every other Friday or something like that. And I like going hanging out with those crazy folks. We get about 40 people on there and just have a good time, have a couple of drinks and just tell some silly jokes. Yep. That's, uh, that's just absolutely an opportunity again to reconnect in a way. I mean, obviously seeing each other in person would be better, but the flip side is we can catch up with so many more people using this technology that's only getting better every day. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, here on Men of Abundance, Jeff, we really like to get to know the man behind the abundance. We're going to get into what you're doing professionally and what you do professionally is really for you, it's on a personal level. And I know this because I've been following you for quite some time and what you've been up to. Um, but if you could, how would you describe yourself? Let's get a little bit personal. Um, <laughs> engineer. I still say that because I tend to think uh, in the engineering way, very logically, right? Every situation, no matter how complicated or chaotic it seems, can be broken down into lots of smaller pieces and you can find your way through it. My engineering background taught me that. So I know that as a sort of logical and structured thinking uh, thinker, engineering is, is definitely a part of it. But, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what I want to evolve to, and, and that word would be empathy and to be an empathetic person. And uh, I have had uh, the most, of, by far more fulfilling parts of my life uh, are when I'm listening and not speaking. Um, and that's been sort of the favorite thing I've been able to do, especially been blessed enough to do that globally, is to go on kind of a listening tour of the rest of the world. And that has just been such a huge blessing. But blessing. But hopefully uh, that's how I would describe myself, a logical uh, engineering-like thinker, but with a focus on uh, listening to people um, and, and loving their stories. Well, I love that. And that's a large part of why I started this podcast, so I could listen to amazing men like yourself and women, uh, for that matter. As you're getting around, and I know you're out traveling around and hanging out with the likes of Richard Branson and, and Pitbull and many others, but you're talking a lot to entrepreneurs and small business owners. What are you learning 
um, not just COVID wise, but let's talk a little bit about that as well. But what are you learning from all the businesses that seems to be coming to the top? This that's kind of a uh, the storyline that you keep hearing. Well, you know uh, the. I'll say because this is both the pre-COVID and the COVID thing, which is it's all about people. Um, and it became more so during COVID. And here's why. I think it always was, right? And I learned that along the way that that um, leadership is best done from the bottom at the top. And when I discovered as a leader that the best, the way I could become successful was to go out and find amazingly talented people, surround myself with people smarter than me, and then dedicate a portion of my time to just taking care of them um, and may, letting them run the company and you know making sure that they were happy and fulfilled and building a culture and environment that really great people wanted to work in. Um, but that all about people has really come to the forefront in COVID uh, because there are so many entrepreneurs and small business owners lately that losing their business, not being able to sell their product, closing their restaurant, whatever, not generating revenue is bad enough. But but what so many of them have told me is how horrible they feel for the employees and employees' families when they can't pay their employees and their employees dependent on them. That's been a huge thing. And in fact, Wally, that's why we started this grant program of our own, uh, the one that we're doing where we're giving out $10,000 cash grants to as many small business owners as we can, uh, just so their family is not in a complete panic. If if $10,000 will help you and your family for a while, and you're the people that need it most, then we want to give it to you. And we started that program uh, specifically because we needed to focus on the people and the families much more so than on the business itself in the short term. But that's also what makes you win in the long term is your focus on people. Right. Absolutely. And who are you doing that grant program with and for? So, okay. So uh, let me tell you about it. We saw that the U.S. government's uh, PPP program of the stimulus money was not getting to a lot of small businesses. And it was definitely not getting to, well, we got real data, five categories of minority owned small businesses, although it's certainly not limited to that. Latino owned businesses, black owned businesses, women owned, LBGTQ and veteran-owned. Those five categories, like black Latino businesses and Black-owned businesses, were 91% uh, of the small business owners that applied for the government money did not get it. So what we said was all the small businesses, regardless of ethnicity or anything else, I was just illustrating how bad it was, um, that aren't getting government help um, we need to get money to them. So the we, in this case, my organization that I'm the chairman of is the Global Entrepreneurship Network, Gen, and our partners that administer this is a small business resource firm called Hello Alice, started by two amazing women. Um, and we teamed Hello Alice with Jen uh, to launch this grant program. By the way, if you know somebody that, that could use a $10,000 cash grant, it's not a loan, We're just giving out cash, and it's not government money, it's private money. Um, they can go to COVID19BusinessCenter.com. And some of you may have seen uh, me and uh, my friend and business partner, Pitbull, the singer, uh, doing television appearances uh, to tell people that more help is available uh, in that program. But we're just trying to do our part. This is a time more than ever that, that people all over the world need to turn to their neighbors, to their competitors even, and say, I know things are tough. How can I help? That's what we're trying to do. And what was the name of that? What was that um, 
link again? It's COVID19BusinessCenter.com. No dashes or spaces or any. COVID19BusinessCenter.com. You can go there and, and, and apply for help. We also have mentoring and other types of help there. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, and thanks for thanks for putting that. I just put that out there on the screen for you guys so you can. Thank you. I see it. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's that's huge. That's great. And I had heard that you and Pitbull were working together on something really big. And thank you for doing that. That is a lot of people are going to be reaching out to that. And I encourage all of you to and share this out with as many people as possible, because honestly, guys, you never know. There are business owners out there that just like anybody else, just like every other individual that are hurting, but they're so proud they won't share, they, they won't tell people how they're hurting. If they can anonymously, if you will, go to something like this and get the help that they need without all of their peers and everybody around them knowing that they're not doing so well and it's not even their fault in many it's in not. Most cases. Right, it's then, not. Yeah, then they need that help and they won't ask for it. <laughs> I just know this, working with as many business owners as, as I've had. And I don't want to stereotype, but my wife's Hispanic and I've been around a lot of Hispanics my entire life super proud people and all of us we just won't we won't share that and, and in fact based on the data the latino hispanic owned businesses in the us are actually hit the worst they are closing their doors faster than any other segment of the population uh, and like you said um, you know they're not getting the help they need so that's a perfect example of of where they need to step i was on a national tv uh, just recently uh, discussing the fact that in the U.S., two million small businesses closed their doors permanently in the second quarter. Uh, this is a huge problem. In fact, on TV, I called it a pandemic of its own. Yeah. We can't let all these small businesses that are the backbone of America die. Um, so people got to step up and help, and we're trying to do that too. Right, absolutely. And Jeff and everybody else listening, this isn't just about the business. Think about all of the other things that are occurring because of the stress within the business and the business closing, as you already mentioned, employees losing their jobs. But think about it when, if you're in that situation, you know what's going on. But if you don't, suicides have gone up or the suicide hotline has gone up. I heard a thousand percent yesterday. I was 600% a couple of weeks ago. Um, depression, I mean, you name it, all of the- oh, Domestic all abuse and child abuse have gone child up. Child abuse, spouse and abuse. domestic abuse, it's horrible. Yeah, right, absolutely. All of this is a direct cause of these businesses closing and or not having any revenue coming in the door. Uh, so yeah. absolutely amazing. Jeff, one of the other things we like to bring, I like to bring up here on Men of Abundance is what I call a kick in the gut moment. What this does is it shows people that regardless of how successful somebody appears to be in their life, they, it took multiple kick in the gut moments to get to that point. So if you would share with us a kick in the gut moment, rather personal, entrepreneur, business-wise, professional, whatever, uh, but really make us feel that. And then we're gonna kind of unpack that and see what you learned from that and what you're doing with that information. Well, I'll do a personal one because it came to mind as soon as you said that. Uh... Um, so my best friend in the world, Michael, uh, wanted to come so we could spend more time together, come, wanted to come work for me. Uh, so Michael came and worked for the company. Um, and we were having a blast. Uh, you know, work was great. The business was going well. It was so much fun to be, see my best friend every day at the office. Um, and then he drowned in a freak accident in the Irish Sea uh, while he was there uh, at 42 years old. Um, and it just stopped everything. 
I think for two weeks, Wally, I couldn't get off the couch because I didn't care anymore. And I didn't, the business was still going great. Nothing changed, yet I had no interest in it. And I remember laying on the couch and thinking, why have I lost all interest in the business, right? The business is still fine without him and it's still going on. And yet I suddenly have no interest in going into the office anymore. And it was the kick in the gut moment that made me stop and say, why do we do this? Why are you getting up so early and working so hard? What are you doing it for? And if you've not stopped and asked yourself that question, what are you really doing this for? You should. Uh, because that moment, as horrible as it was, made me stop to think, why do I, the, I don't care about the business anymore, so I must not have been doing this just to get successful or make money. There must have been some other element here that I wasn't really thinking about. And so the kick in the gut, that's where it helped me. Because I stopped and I thought that the real reason, the real joy of success is, is the people you share it with. And in the same sense, that if you have the right people around you, failure is survivable when you have those people. But I hadn't focused on the fact, let me summarize it this way, that success isn't about the journey or the destination. It's just about the people you're traveling with. And I hadn't focused on that enough until I lost Michael from the world and I realized that the whole world shifted then, and going forward, I need to focus much more on the people in the world around me, the people in my life as well, and not just the business that I was doing. It was a real kick in the gut. Well, I can feel that one, definitely. And thanks for sharing that, because uh, that is deeply personal. And uh, thanks for sharing how that affected you and your business. How, how did you move forward beyond that as far as that business or because I've, I've heard some of these stories before where it, the, the solution was to just sell that business and start something anew because it was like coming back to the same house where the event sure. happened. So what are your thoughts? Um, we did not do that right away. Uh, part of it was well, two things to answer your question. Um, one was that I realized that, and by the way, one of the things Michael used to do was he would say, hey, we should take the afternoon off and go to the park. It's a beautiful day. And I would say, Michael, it's Tuesday and we got meetings. We can go Saturday. And and well, this is a true story. Michael used to have this running gag between he and I. He would say, what if there is no Saturday? And I was like, dude, there's always going to be Saturday. And so part of the way it changed me was there isn't always going to be Saturday and you don't know that. So I got more, much more likely if someone said, we should take the day, rest of the day off and just go to the park. I'm way more likely to say, you know what, let's spend the rest of the day together. One day I just closed the office and took all my employees for the rest of the day out to play. We went, we went and did paintball in the woods. Uh, but I said, let's just go hang out and laugh and have fun together. Um, and I don't know if I would have been there had I not focused on that. But the other part that you said about, uh, about the business is we didn't sell that business. Instead, we decided we had a little meeting and thought about what ways could we honor Michael's memory with the work. What could we do with this company that would honor his memory and his contribution? So it became a mission to complete some things because we wanted to do that to honor the work that he was doing instead of walking away from it. Yeah, that's beautiful. One of the things that I've actually started doing in my business is tiny. It's nothing compared to anything that you've uh, done, but I like to take uh, days off during the week just because that way, especially with what's going on now, I can go out with my family. We can do things when there's less people out and about and go to the beach or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yep. 
Uh, and then safe Saturdays for everybody else. Let them go do their thing and, and fill up the parks or whatever uh, the case may be. But it's just a freedom within myself that I've uh, allowed us to do. Absolutely agree. Wonderful. So you're obviously paying it forward in a big way uh, with the grants and everything else you're doing, going out and mentoring and talking with um, other entrepreneurs and business owners. Incidentally, with so much that you have going on, how do you how how do you make yourself so accessible? Because you and I have been emailing back and forth. I reached out on LinkedIn, <laughs> and you're like, absolutely, you know, let's do this. Um, because you, you have to, right? <laughs> um, walking the walk is important to me. Uh, like I said, you know, I talk about uh, supporting women in business, and you know, and 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 equality and diversity in the workplace. And if I just say that and you hear me saying that, and that's all there is, um, it's just not what I believe in. It's not setting examples. So uh, uh, just before you, in fact, you know, the reason that you and I started a little later than we originally anticipated uh, was because I did a live event on diversity and inclusion. I was actually the only white male uh, at this event because you've got to show up. And then yesterday I did a women's empowerment event that I was actually the only man <laughs> at this event. So you can't say you support women and not show up for them. You can't say you support diversity and not show up in an inclusion event. So you just have to suck it up and make the time. Um, and so I just do. Uh, I, I don't want to look back and say that, you know, I said a lot of things, but I didn't do them. I'd rather do way more and say way less. And I'm trying to lead my life that way. Well, that's completely opposite from an awareness campaign, isn't it? <laughs> um, actually getting it done. I've heard you actually say uh, on another podcast, I think it was when you was talking with a buddy of mine I've known for many years, Mike Dillard on the self-made uh, oh, yeah. self man podcast. And uh, I think it was that you said something that, that if you were to you know start a, any business at this point, you would put a woman in charge for several reasons. Well, you know, that's funny because we just had this conversation in this women's event yesterday. There are we are different men and women. We are supposed to be different. That is the way it's supposed to be. Nobody should try to make us into the same. Uh, the goal is not to create a unite person, right? In nature, I mean, women are, are, are built differently uh, for a reason, right? Nature kind of knows what it's doing. There are reasons we're not exactly the same and they're beautiful. And there are some of the tendencies that women have, right? When, uh, again, I, I'm not going to discuss what people believe in, but the fact that women were, you know, designed to to obviously have children and, you know, to be mom, to be mother. And that doesn't mean that, that a father can't do their part. But I'm just saying there there is a certain set of traits uh, that women have that make them that the reason they're good at frequently at running and building families make them really good at work, too. So instead of thinking the opposite, which some people think that. Uh, I think that women have a set of attributes that are really strong in the workplace and have served us very well. So we've tried to always keep a diverse mix and a balance. Um, but above all that is to just judge people by their contribution, not what they look like, not their gender, not their race or ethnicity or anything. What do you bring to the workplace? What do you bring to the world? How do you show up? What do you contribute? And we just judge that contribution. And so as it's turned out, uh, when you you know, when you're blind to gender and race, what I'm saying is it's beautiful that we have different genders, different races and different ethnicities because diversity makes a way better solution 
than having all people that are exactly like you. So I celebrate the fact that we're all different, including men and women. And I love it in the workplace. But in the end, we organize our company around what people do, not what they look like. And I think that's been key to us winning is that uh, there's no barrier that, that you know, prevents women from leading or anybody else from leading in any of the companies I've ever built anyway. And I've been really, really happy with the results of doing that. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's something that's very near and dear to my heart because one of the things, jobs that I did when I was on active duty in the military was I was an equal opportunity advisor to two two-star generals for the Pacific Region Medical Command. And diversity in the Pacific Region is, I mean, widespread. And everybody that is able to contribute um, is just absolutely amazing. And I love diversity. And it's proven that the businesses that are more diverse are definitely doing better. Yeah, there's data. There's data that shows uh, that the, the how much more likely your company is to be successful based on the diversity you have in the workplace. It's, it's real. Well, and the key to the diversity, as I want to make this point, is it's not just because you have different ethnicities and cultures and whatnot and genders in the business, but it's because you have them in multiple different locations, uh, in positions, right? You don't have all, you know, it's, it's not top heavy of one or the other. Yes, absolutely. I think that mix is critical. Yeah, for sure. One story I want to I want to hear, and I, I heard this about um, the uh, those kiosks that are in the airport. I love this story because for a lot of listeners are entrepreneurs. I just had a conversation yesterday. One of the ways that I give my time is I uh, mentor veterans who are transitioning and want to become business owners and have great ideas. And your that story came up yesterday as a key point. Would you share that with us? Sure. So, but but I'll, I'll deliver the punchline first, uh, which is that the key to success as an entrepreneur is solving an actual problem, mm-hmm. a real problem. And so many people show me what they're building, their startup, their business. And I'm like, they say, here's my cool product. And I always say, who do you think is going to buy that? And they say, hopefully someone. They create a product and they push it out in the world. This is how it works. Right? You're in your office, you're on your whiteboard, you design some idea, product or service, you push it out in the world, you hope someone wants to buy it. Um, most people design their business from their conference room out, right? But the most successful people design a business from the marketplace in, from the customer in, by seeing a problem when they're out in the world, not in their office, and saying, you know what, this has to be fixed. So I realized that looking back, I wasn't this smart going forward. But, you know, my story was that I was uh, actually unemployed and broke at the time, 20 something years old. And I went to the airport to visit a mentor. And the airline ticket was when you're broke and unemployed was a lot of money. And the line to check in at the airport was really long and I missed a flight. And uh, I was very upset. And I was standing there and everybody was complaining. Uh, about how long the lines were. And all you do at check-in, back then you had to wait to check in, was you tell them your name, show them your ID, and they give you a boarding pass. And I was like, how are we standing? It took an hour. How are we standing in a line that's an hour long to get a boarding pass? Is this crazy? Um, And I looked around. And so here's the difference between entrepreneurs and everyone else. Everybody was complaining, but everybody else goes home and goes back to what they were doing. So I want you to, your listeners to think about this. Next time you hear yourself complaining, stop and say, is this a problem that affects a lot of people? And if the answer is yes, say this. Is this a problem I think I could fix? And if the answer is yes, 
Say the third thing that distinguishes successful entrepreneurs from everyone else. Say, I got this. I own this. I ain't going home till this one's fixed. So that's what happened to me. I was standing in the airport. I turned around. I missed the flight. I had nowhere to go. I started asking people, are you guys okay with waiting an hour in line, this airport? And everyone was groaning. No. I said, okay, this bothers a lot of people. Everyone in airport lines everywhere. And then I started making sure it was a business. I started saying, if you could skip this line completely and I could just give you a boarding pass right now, would you pay something for it? And people, while he started bidding, people were like, I'll give you five bucks. I'll give you 10. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't actually have boarding passes. I could be making money right now. So I went home, took out a paper and pencils, what I started and designed a kiosk. And today, you know, if you've ever checked in at an airport at a kiosk, most anywhere in the world, that was my first creation. And I created those kiosks and went back out. And fortunately, every airport everywhere in the world pretty much wanted those things. So the business was successful because I was not in my office. I was in the world where the problems happened. I was standing in the middle of the problem and experiencing it. I was talking to other people that were having the problem. And then I went home and started the business. Instead of sitting in your conference room at your desk in your office saying, what business that could I start and push out there and hope that the world wants? The world already is telling you what they need just by being in it every single day. Yeah, I've heard once said by a, a famous general, and the name escapes me at this point, but it was no good decision ever comes from a swivel chair. Yeah, <laughs> I think that is exactly right. Yeah. Uh, and the reason time why I to be that, out in the world. Exactly. The reason why I had that conversation yesterday was just that, because a good coach can also tell somebody what not to do. Or yes. A mentor, and I was telling her, Think about the problem that you're solving and, the, and the, you got to get in the conversation taking place in the prospect's mind. And there's a problem that they have and they don't want, and there's a solution they want, but don't have. And if you can you combine those two, then you got a business and there you, you go. Afford. But um, yeah, thanks for sharing that. That is, was a brilliant. Um, I'm glad I already knew that story because I was brilliant yesterday. And she was like, I've talked to 20 people up to you and nobody has, has told me no. They've all said, oh, it's a great idea. Oh, it's wonderful. But I would have moved forward and it would have been a disaster. Yeah, it was a waste. Yep. Yeah. So, Jeff, we're at the point where we are going to pay it forward. You ready to do that, man? Absolutely. Excellent. All right, men of abundance, it is time for us as a community to pay it forward and change somebody's life today. Here's the thing. Everybody's got their way to sit back and relax and just chill at the end of the day. One of the things that I enjoy doing when I'm sitting alone and I'm just by myself, I like to watch silly videos. I like to watch inspirational videos. So one of my favorite platforms to watch is I scroll through LinkedIn. There's some really good videos on there and I scroll through Facebook and then there's videos on there. But the really best videos, especially when you subscribe to the various channels and the hashtags and all that kind of stuff is TikTok. They have some of the coolest videos on there of people paying it forward. And I absolutely love those videos. Well, it dawned on me. This is Men of Abundance, the pay it forward community. And I'm always having conversations with amazing people who are somehow paying forward their time, treasures, and talents. But how cool would it be if we came together as a community and came up with our hard-earned cash, just a couple bucks a piece from everybody that listens? There's over 300 episodes already posted, well over 300, and listened to in 
almost 100 countries at this point. And if we could come together with some of our cash, just a couple bucks each, and then make somebody's day, maybe even pay their rent, or pay for food for that week, or keep their lights on, or something like that, just an unexpected amount of cash in their pocket that they were not expecting that day, and make somebody's day coming from the Men of Abundance community. How awesome would that be? Look, you all know, because you've heard me say it before, and if you haven't, you're hearing it here for the first time. Giving is the ultimate level of happiness. All day, every day, twice on Tuesdays. And Tuesdays, because that's when many of the Men of Abundance podcast episodes post. So there you go. And check this out. I've already got a Men of Abundance TikTok channel. And you can go there if you're on TikTok, go check it out because that's where I'm going to be posting the videos and the videos are going to go up on their platforms as well. And these videos will be of random people who I will choose unexpectedly giving away a couple hundred dollars to random people in the community who are rarely recognized. People like the garbage truck drivers or or people that are randomly caught doing good deeds. Or maybe even a somebody in the service industry that is going above and beyond what they're hired to do. And other ideas that you share with me. I want you to share different ideas with me of people in your community who we can pay it forward to. So what do you say? Are you in? Excellent. I knew you would be. So here's how you donate. Go under the podcast player, right under the player where you're listening to this on, and you'll see a donate button. That'll take you to the GoFundMe page where you can donate however much that you feel that you can handle, that you can donate and pay it forward. Remember, you're paying it forward and giving is the greatest level of happiness. And if you're not currently listening on the podcast player, make sure you just go to menofabundance.com. Click on the podcast tab and under any one of the podcast players you will see the donate button there that's the easiest way for me to get the link out there so that you can go there and you can share that link as well you can share it with others and have them donate just a little bit and a little bit adds up and a lot of people are giving so that we can pay it forward to others and make somebody's day today now let's get back to the conversation so share one to three actionable steps that men of abundance can take today yeah. So, uh, uh, wow. Um, that's a, a really big and really, really important question. So I, uh, uh, saw a sign one day after, you know, having been successful in business and act honestly feeling a little bad about it. And I saw a sign one day that said, you may be successful, but do you matter? Um, will you matter? And I went home thinking about that all day. And I realized that, Success is sort of taking care of yourself. It's doing another business deal, maybe making another sale, another transaction and selling a company, whatever it is. <clears throat> That's success. Success is about you. Mattering is about everybody else. What are you doing to make anybody else's life besides yours better? And <clears throat> when I, uh, excuse me, uh, read that, I realized that, that, I was focusing way more on success than I was on mattering. And I had to make that an intentional effort. So one of the things you can do in your community is look around where you live. You don't need to go save the world, right? I'm the chairman of the Global Entrepreneurship Network, and we work in 180 different countries, uh, helping people start businesses and gain economic freedom. And people say to me, well, Jeff, I can't do that. Well, no one told you to do that, right? It took me many, many years to get here. So stop, stop comparing yourself to what anybody else is doing. 
You don't have to go to Africa. We're, we're right now funding uh, uh, orphanages and schools in Ethiopia and Uganda, and people say, I can't do that. No one's asking you to do that. What I'm telling you to do is anything for anyone where you live. In your community, look around, reach out, call the social service agencies, call a church in your neighborhood, call a school and find out families that are struggling. There is someone where you live that could use help. And by the way, the other thing I don't like hearing is people say, well, someday when I make a bunch of money, I'll help more people. No, it, money is only one. Money counts and it solves problems. However, it's only one of the things you have. You have your time and your talent to contribute. So a major example of that is mentoring. I called, I was in Ohio, and I called a couple inner city schools in Cleveland. And I said, can I just come over and talk to the students? And they said, most of these students have a single parent and frequently a disengaged parent. And having any adult take an interest in them and give them some advice would be dramatic in their lives. That costs zero dollars. I made a phone call and I visited inner city schools when I was in Cleveland and I still mentor some of those children. They know they can reach out to me when they want, when they just need someone to talk to uh, or, or ideas. And I've been helping guide them through a path to get them into college and out of their situations. Um, so that's it, Wally. Find someone where you live to do something. Mother Teresa once said, if you can't feed 100 people, then feed one. And I completely agree. None of us can do all the things we want to do, but do something. For sure. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that, Jeff, for sure. What do you feel holds most people back of all the people that you've had an opportunity to have conversations with? What holds most people back from living their life of true abundance? Sure. So there's two. Um, one of them is fear. Uh, fear of all these things, fear of failure, fear of being ridiculed or laughed at. It, it, you know, it's fear. Um, and, and most of it, it's a fear of having big dreams and failing. So most of it comes back to fear of failure. And, you know, I got to tell you this, don't fear failure, fear apathy. Fear a whole life in the middle that you didn't really try any of the things you ever dreamed of doing. There's no shame in life and failing. The shame in life is in never trying the things you thought you can do. When I try and I fail, I can shake it off and I can get it out of my system. But a, a quick example was I always wanted to make a movie which is an insane idea because I'm a software engineer. But here's what I thought. I'm just going to try. And if I fail, I'll be done with it and I'll know it wasn't meant to be. But if I never try, Wally, I'm going to spend my entire life every time I go to a movie wondering if I could have made one, right? It, it, not trying eats away at you from the inside the rest of your life. Trying and failing gives you a chance to say, okay, not for me, and you can move on. So most people fear of failure stops them from so many things. But there's another part, you said, of living a life of abundance. And that's most people don't know what their definition of abundance is. Mm. What is your definition of success? What is enough for you? I was just telling a story to somebody um, about this guy that I met. He was a, an investor in one of my companies. And he kept on talking about a yacht. He was going to have the biggest yacht of anybody that he ever knew. And, and I'll just share this story that it, it, he traded everything for that. His wife left him, his kids hated him, his friends disappeared because all he cared about was having the biggest boat of anyone he knew. He calls me one day, come to Miami. I was like, I don't have time. He said, just do me a favor, come to Miami. So I finally fly to Miami, a car picks me up, takes me to the harbor. 
And there it is, a giant yacht bigger than all the other ones. He brings me out on the boat, sails out in the water, and says, look over the edge. All the other boats are smaller than mine. I said, can I please go home now? I mean, I was disgusted, right? It was a vulgar display. And we sail around the harbor, and he said, see, I told you I could do it. And he'd sacrificed everything to get there, and but he had the biggest boat in the harbor. And so I said, please take me home. I, I don't want to be here. So we, we're sailing back, and we're about to dock. And all of a sudden, the sky's darkened. And I turned to him, and I said, wow, you're lucky I made you take me back because we just beat the storm. But as I said this, Wally, I was thinking, wait, how could there be a storm? Because there wasn't a cloud in the sky the whole time we've been out here. So he and I both turned. And at the same moment it happened, <laughs> there wasn't a cloud in the sky. Behind us, towering over us, was a yacht so big it blotted out the sun. And when I turned and looked at it, I actually burst out laughing. And he said, get off the boat. I have to go back to work. Somebody has a bigger boat than me. So I turned to him and I said this. I said, how big of a boat do you need? Um, and he gave up everything because he didn't know how big a boat he needed. Nothing was ever good enough. But I drove home thinking this. The question I'll ask all your listeners, how big of a boat do you need? What is your abundance, right? If you don't know it, you're going to keep getting bigger and bigger boats because you don't know where the end is. You don't know what will make you happy. So the lesson I learned from that moment was I sat down and I said, I don't ever need anything like that. And so I said to myself, well, Jeff, what do you need? What actually is your definition of abundance? What set of things will make you happy? And write them down. Because once you know your definition of your life of abundance, not anybody else's, and you have it literally written on the wall, then you know how to chart a course to get there. You know how to stop doing things that don't take you to your definition. This has nothing to do with money or boats or anything. It has to do just your definition of an abundant life. Whatever that's filled with relationships, people, money is one of the factors, but only one. Mm -hmm. And at the end, when you see that you've gotten to that point, then quit doing all those things you no longer need to do, right? You don't need a bigger boat than this. So all I'm saying is, if you haven't asked yourself how big of a boat you need, you're not going to ever stop and you're going to waste a lot of your life chasing a definition of abundance that you never really needed anyway. So what does that mean to you, Jeff? What does being a man of abundance mean specifically to you? Um, what it meant to me, I worked really hard in my life to obtain a level of freedom. What it means to me is freedom, Wally. Um, I never cared about money. I cared about freedom. Turns out that economic freedom uh, you know, doing well in business uh, so that you can be economically free is part of it. So money was part of freedom. I got that. So I wasn't working per se for money, but I was working really hard for freedom. And freedom, you asked me, you know, earlier about being able to make myself available uh, to do things like this and the other things I was telling you about. If I was working seven days a week, like I was er earlier in my life, I wouldn't be able to do these things. So my definition of abundance is now I actually get to take a blank page on the day and say, how would I most like to spend this day? What would what would make today abundant? And like I said, for me, it was, you know, uh, talking to people like you, supporting that women's event, supporting that diversity event. That's an abundant day for me when I'm allowed to make my own decisions, chart my own day and donate my time uh, to causes and people that I really care about because I'm actually able to do that now in a way that I couldn't before. That's my definition. It, it's, it's freedom to do, focus on what you want to focus on, 
not a list of stuff you have to, whether you like it or not. Right. I greatly appreciate it. And I'm extremely honored that uh, you would spend your time with me, your valuable time. I know a lot of people are biting for your time. I greatly appreciate it. We're going to close this up. Before we do, we talked about quite a bit, but what did we not talk about? You want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today and everybody can reach you at jeffhoffman.com. Yes, uh, the website's jeffhoffman.com. And honestly, my email is just jeff at jeffhoffman.com. So uh, pretty easy to find. And I mentioned our, uh, uh, we already mentioned the grant program, which I appreciate that you were running that earlier. Um, The two organizations I spend most of my time in now our nonprofit, the Global Entrepreneurship Network, GEN, which is genglobal.org. If you're interested, that's the organization where we help people launch businesses in 180 countries. I also spend a lot of time on our social entrepreneurship effort, which is helping the people crazy enough to think they can change the world actually do it. And that's called the Unreasonable Group, named after a George Bernard Shaw quote about the fact that all progress in the world comes from unreasonable people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world, and that's unreasonablegroup.com. So uh, those are places uh, that you're welcome to check out the work we're doing. And, you know, I'd love to hear your stories of how you're spreading and giving and creating abundance in the community where you live. Thank you for having me today. Oh, absolutely. And we'll have all of that linked up in the descriptions and the show notes of the podcast and everywhere else where this is going to be posted at. So don't worry about trying to write that down, guys. I'll make sure I get that in there and you can check out the descriptions or show notes wherever you're watching this. Jeff, wonderful conversation. I greatly appreciate it. Again, go out, live your life of abundance. Continue living your life of abundance. Keep paying it forward. You're making a huge difference, impacting me personally and many others because I love what you're doing. Thank you very much. Thank you, my friend, and we will talk soon. Absolutely. All right. Bye-bye. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.